Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Tori. Today is Monday, January 28th, 2019. Hello. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Tori underscore says. Same for Gab, Tori underscore says. And obviously on redstatetalkradio.com backslash tour. So today we have a lot to talk about. And you'll see that the news media cycle is kind of slow. I saw something that I'm still trying to confirm in regards to possibly a new mode of censorship by Twitter rather than banning you, forcing your tweets to be protected. And that's a question that I haven't verified yet, but someone else told me that their account was put in protected status and they are unable to remove that and they've uh, come into communication with Twitter for it. So I noticed today that Gab... Their tweets are protected. So I'm, I'm, I've reached out to a couple of people to uh, get in contact with Andy and find out, uh, did he choose that or was that superimposed? So where do I start today? There's so much to talk about. Maybe I should start gloating. <laughs> Maybe I should start to point out how what I've been saying all along is right. So I had mentioned a few times throughout the past week, right? The week before and this week that just passed, how um, the shutdown is a big problem for President Trump before he opened up the government again because his own people in his party were working against him. I uh, pointed out uh, in several tweets and told you guys on the radio that he retweeted seven specific Republicans talking about how they support the shutdown and they need to build the wall, seven of them. Well, it was those seven that were canvassing for veto override votes. What's a veto override? It's where you get two-thirds of the vote. They needed something like 60 votes in the Senate, and obviously they'd get them in the House, to override the president. Uh, shutting down the government, uh, literally overriding anything he says. So that's the thing. I, I want to urge all of you to understand that the president listens to every single one of you, everybody out there. You can have one follower, three followers, four followers. He's got eyes everywhere. And when you use his handle, he listens. Not directly, maybe. But he's got an army of staff looking for tips from people. Now, maybe he caught on to, 
I don't know if anybody else was talking about the veto override. See, I, a reporter had asked that of Senator John Hoven, a Republican, a corrupt Republican, a rhino, a guy that lined his pockets with Libyan blood money, right? Uh, Hilton, uh, uh, Hilton, <laughs> Hanoi Hilton, bootlicker. He loves Hillary Clinton. And yet he's supposedly a Republican. Yes, that one. He was asked by a reporter, and I wrote an article about it. You know, a, you know, word on the street is veto override. One can say that these questions have been fed in through the social media to get to the reporter. But it was asked. He didn't answer the question. He was asked again, again, skirted the question because he is the one that was canvassing the votes. And many reporter friends from around the nation, West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, asked other senators and con- if they heard anything and they all played dumb. Probably some of them didn't even know because they weren't even canvassed because they knew that they'd probably tip off the president that this is a coup in his own party is happening. And I was vindicated because Axios wrote an article talking about it. Axios actually said, um, and I quote, let me read it to you guys. Let me pull that up. Give me a second. So they actually said in their most recent article that, gosh darn it, technology these days, right? I can tell you exactly what happened, one Republican senator texted me. The mood at the Senate Republican lunch on Thursday resembled what the mood must have been on the union lines at 4 p.m. at the first bull run. I'm amazed only six Republicans voted for Schumer's bill. The message from that lunch by VP Shahira Knight and Mitch McConnell to POTUS was, it's over, there'll be 70 votes within 48 hours. I was right. But... Many people are like, he caved. He did not. He will give us the wall. But this, as always, any battle you lose in a war, battle, right? Because it's not about the battle, it's about the war, teaches you something. Those of you that have served understand that when you lose a battle, it should give you lessons. And what it taught our president is that Exactly what he tweeted because he knew about the veto override before they say Mitch McConnell told him. Because I know which senators talked about it. Because he tweeted, build the wall and crime will fall for the Republicans. He needs to create that line of distinction of who is for America and who is for the D.C. Mafia. People need to understand that. The quicker you understand that there are no two parties, that they're one and the same, and only few Republicans, few Republicans, and maybe two Democrats that I'm suspecting, are for America. Because they don't have many insurance policies on the head, and insurance policies go as having dirt on them, having maybe pictures with un- with underage persons, having maybe embezzlement, having maybe this. You know, this is how they operate. As long as they, they have something to hang over your head, they can keep you in check. Okay, this is how D.C. works. It works like this in the FBI and in the intelligence community in those high ranking positions, too. You do not hop into D.C. or take a cushy position in the foggy bottom 
if nobody has something on you because then they can't control you and you can bite them, right? That's the way it works. Works like this in some units of even our military. Keep that in mind because human beings innately are kind and loving, but the one thing they are is competitive. And are they honest competitors or dishonest ones is the question. We're competitive by nature. That's a natural instinct. We see it throughout the whole animal kingdom. Yes. And that is where one can say, and it is true, that humans can be the most evil types of beings they are. Because when it comes to their advancement, they could be quite brutal. Because they can dehumanize and desensitize themselves from their actions because it is justified by competition. I'm just throwing that out there because that should be circle coming back in around March. So we've got this. They've won this battle, but it's not over yet. It's never over because we have the cards. We have the servers. We have those emails. We have those texts. And what is the greatest strategy one can do? Because I use this strategy all the time. When someone comes at you, you need to give in and show ultimate weakness or allow them to think you're weak and let them pounce on that. Let them think you're weak. Let them believe you are weak. Play dumb. Because when it comes down to it, I'm ready to sacrifice my queen to get checkmate, but they aren't. And that's the whole thing. If you want to know how to, how to win in chess, you've got to be ready to sacrifice your queen, not your pawns, your queen. Because that's when you're in to win. And President Trump is a winner. He's not a man that takes someone throwing egg in his face very lightly. But he's okay taking it. Because it's about the, the plan. That's basically it. And we're going to get it done. Now, it's Monday. Not a lot to talk about, right? The media is kind of cycling through. No one's talking. We've got pig slips galore because today people are going back to work and there's people missing. So I'm waiting for the mainstream media to kind of run this. But, you know, maybe they won't because this would be construed as a win of President Trump trimming the fat. Could be. Yes. They're giving Pelosi the ability to run her victory lap. They're giving them that satisfaction and he is giving it to them. But they also know that it's not over, so they're planning differently. We heard Schiff pretty much say, I don't care if it's in the scope of Mueller's investigation. I want him to get the transcript from Donald Trump Jr.'s, you know, conversation. I want him to put that out. Hold on, Schiff. We can't just jump the queue and break the law. He's already done it with Roger Stone. So far, we've got zero arrests about Russia collusion. And for some reason, this scope is so broad and so wide, everybody's included, you and me. When does it stop? Where is the ethics in this? We're paying for this. These people sitting there having the expensive dinners and ordering 
top-rated Chinese in the office while they plow through trying to delete more evidence that can be held against the previous parties, parties, Democrats and Republicans included, the previous administration, Mueller's involvement in Uranium One, which we all know because Moscow had a cable out on how they're going to accommodate the former FBI director, Mueller, who was FBI director then, to come and deliver a uranium sample to Moscow. So it's pretty insane. Like a lot of you are thinking, what is going on? Why can't we? Well, I can tell you what I do here. I can tell you there's a lot of chatter. And this battle, this loss, could be because we have... Maybe, and this is what I'm hearing, some huge FBI person arrest, an actual indictment. That'll be schnazzy, you know. Him pulling that out of his hat with egg on his face would destroy them all. But it would also enrage them to find new things to say why he shouldn't be president. And I want everyone, those that agree with what I say or, uh, you know, are far left. And this is something that I would urge everyone to tell their radical left or centrist left friends. He's been attacked from day one. He has been stymied on everything he wants to do. Yet look what he's accomplished. Our economy is booming. We are dictating our own economy with trade. We are uh, paying less taxes. We are getting manufacturing up. Our steel industry is booming. I mean, I can imagine what Pennsylvania is going through with all those steel workers going back to work. And our steel going back to work means that we have real equipment with good steel, not watered down. Kind of the expression that I, the, the, the statement that I made, it's a statement because it's a fact that there are people that own gas stations and they water down the gas to make it, you know, to extend it. So you could have, you know, up to 25% water in your gas and you wouldn't know it unless you test it. Well, do you think the Chinese would give us appropriate steel for our ships and our planes and our weapons? I don't know. I mean, they want to dominate the world. What do you think? This is why I've been saying all along, Obama's destroyed our military capabilities, not only from the people and the policies implemented that he's allowed to enter our armed forces, but our actual equipment. It's like toys. It's like cars these days. They're plastic. They're, they're, they're not as good. Back in the day, we didn't really need seatbelts because your car was made of steel. And the minute you hit something, it would stop dead in its track. It wouldn't crush you. It wouldn't do anything of that nature because it's steel. Now we get plastic. So keep that in mind. To all your friends that look at how much he's done with both hands tied behind his back and with people constantly in his ear, steering him wrong purposely. And the thing is, he allows them to steer him wrong. He allows them. Now, before we head into the break, I want to play a clip from Mike Pompeo's um, speech, uh, talking to the United Nations about talking about Venezuela. And you know, 
Those of you who have been with me since I started with Red State, what have I been talking about? How important Venezuela is and how it's going to play out. I mean, our president tells us everything we need to know. Last year, all he did was do what? Write a bunch of executive orders about what? Venezuela. All you have to do is look at what he's telling you. Don't listen. Turn off everyone. You can even turn me off. Just read what he puts out there. Read his executive orders. Read his tweets. Listen to what he says on interviews, and that's it. And you've got your compass following north. That's it. You don't need anybody else to parse things out for you. You just need to listen to your president. Now, let's take a listen to what Mike Pompeo said. The United States is very proud that we had a long overdue meeting here of the U.N. Security Council today, and we are uh, equally proud to stand with the Venezuelan people as they uh, protest and restore democracy in their nation. Uh, former President Maduro's uh, socialist experiment has ruined a once proud nation, as I said earlier, and we're, we stand with the Venezuelan people to restore democracy and return that country to its uh, rightful condition. We've got a whole nation starving, massive malnutrition, refugees fleeing. Uh, this is an, an international crisis, to be sure. Uh, and nations like Cuba and Russia and China have shamefully cast their lot in support of the former president. They don't have the best interests of the Venezuelan people at heart. Uh, we, uh, we hope that every nation will join us in recognizing interim President Juan Guaido. And we hope, too, that each of those nations will ensure that uh, they disconnect their financial systems from the Maduro regime and allow the assets that belong to the Venezuelan people to go to the rightful governors of that state. And we hope, too, we hope, too, that this uh, peaceful transition can continue. We must stand for the rule of law and support the leader who the Venezuelan people have affirmed through their constitution as the interim president of their country. Happen to take a couple questions. Hi. Um, thank you. Hi. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. Michelle Nichols from Reuters. Um, a couple of questions. First of all, in there, the Russian ambassador had a very direct question for you about uh, the U.S. taking military action. If you'd like to answer that here, feel free. Uh, what economic measures does the U.S. plan to impose on Venezuela? And do you think the Venezuelan opposition should assume the U.N. seat here? And does the U.S. plan to draft a General Assembly resolution to make that happen? Okay, before we listen to those answers, I want you guys to pay attention to the questions the reporters are posing. They're trying to formulate the um, notion that the United States wishes to intervene via military force into Venezuela. Now, if that were true, the executive orders that were issued by a president over a period of 12 months would not have happened. Not. So keep that in mind because those executive orders limit the actions of the of of the United States going in there. So the only re the only thing that we can do is send humanitarian aid and support. No forces to actually, you know, go in there and take them down. Just keep that in mind. So this is how you can see how the fake news operate. And um, again, I stress the fact that Russia and China have not vowed to support Maduro. They're vowing to support their investment because they have creditors and they need that money back. So 
if they don't get the money, they want the agreement upheld. So they would be neutral. I mean, think about it for yourself. Say two friends are fighting and they want, you know, the same bar and, you know, you're a partner. Uh, you're you kind of like one guy because it was easier to bully than the other guy who's a little bit more free-minded. But would you take a side? Not really, because if the other guy wins, you can kiss your $5 billion goodbye. Let's be realistic. So let's take a listen to what his answers were to those questions. Uh, Michelle, uh, I'll, let me take two of those three questions. Uh, first, uh, this is the first step of what we hope will be uh, real progress here at the United Nations. We think every member of the United Nations ought to join in support of the Venezuelan people. So we will continue to work to get uh, more and more support. We're already a great deal along the way, and we do think that there will be appropriate resolutions uh, when the time is right, and we'll certainly support those. Uh, they won't come just from us. Um, they'll come from other nations who care deeply about the Venezuelan people as well. Um, the other two questions involve what the United States will do next. I'm not going to speculate or hypothesize. Um, I know only this. We're, we're determined to support the Venezuelan people so that they can ultimately have uh, the democratic institutions they deserve, and they can return this once uh, vibrant, wealthy, wonderful nation to its rightful place. Now, that was an answer. See, he didn't fall into the trap. This is where he's, you know, he's the boss. This is why I love him. Because he said, I'm going to take two of your three questions, but then he answered the other two questions of the three, right? See, that move to not confirm or deny any military action because this is exactly what they want. Remember, we have very good relations with China and Russia. We all have the same goal in mind, which is to eradicate the globalists and whatever is in our interest as a country. Our interest as a country is to have great competition and great trade. And when you have a country that is under dictatorship and bows down to the global cabal, you have to support its free right to dictate its economy because then the cabal have an unfair advantage. And circling back to previous events, underreported, of course, is the fact that China and Russia had deployed many, many military um, equipment, vehicles, ships, and planes with nuclear capabilities to the area. So this is how the United States, which is now a face of a populist country, meaning we are for the people, not the people are for us. Because so far we've been the people are for us and we know best and look at all these people supporting us. It's all about we support the people and thus the people support you because indeed every single American in the United States wants to see people ultimately free. So you have to understand just how this cabal works. And before we close over, I just want to play to you a clip from face the nation uh, that aired uh, last night. Take a listen of, of about the shutdown though. Just take a listen so you can see how the fake news media operate. Is the president really prepared to shut down the government again in three weeks? 
Uh, yeah, I think he actually is. Uh, keep in mind, he's willing to do whatever it takes to secure That's the Mick border. Mulvaney. He does take this very seriously. Um, this is a serious humanitarian and security crisis. And as president of the United States, he takes the security of the nation as his highest priority. All right. So, the- Okay, so after the break, we'll talk more about the shutdown, of course. We'll talk more about um, what we are expecting this week. But let's talk about that clip only. So as you see, the mainstream media wants to say that the president is using the shutdown as a political tool. So they're reinforcing, oh my gosh, is he going to shut it down again? No, he's probably not. He's just going to call the national emergency when that caravan is here. Um, Because so many of them are coming in. And like I've said, the terrorist card is the last card you want to pull about terrorists coming into our country, right? Well, if people monitor the courts, their local courts, just look at how many terrorists they've captured. Mm, That would be something for a national emergency, wouldn't it? So we have to see what's going on in the background. Um, Will he call another shutdown? Maybe. But what am I saying? He's probably going to go straight to the national emergency. He's going to declare it because when you have a caravan so large that is actually funded by federal taxpayer dollars through USAID, you've got to stop it now. You've got to. And that's how it's going to play out. Now, I have to say, for me as an American, I am disgusted by the actions of the House Democrats. They have shown and will be documented in history as the biggest babies ever. They have destroyed what the State of the Union is. They have maimed what our democracy is, all in the name of keeping open borders and considering our security a luxury. This is going to end, and I believe that even if a new data set, they're still going to protest. You know, who knows? Maybe Nancy Pelosi won't even be there. I'll see you all in a few. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 
That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Well, welcome back. I'm your host, Tori. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Tori underscore says and on Gab, Tori underscore says. Looks like my hunch about Gab being forced to have protected tweet status was right. Apparently, if you tweet to one of those disgraced, liberal, extremist writers of the HuffPo or... um, uh, uh, BuzzFeed and all the other rags. If you tweet learn to code, remember how they were telling people that they need to learn to code? So now that they're fired, if you tweet them learn to code, apparently it goes against Twitter rules. So this is, you know, Twitter could not ban Gab because it would be seen as banning free speech. And they know that the even the mainstream media wouldn't be able to cover that. But the thing is, I should write this up because I, I realized it. Other people were telling me that I was forced to be in protected tweets. Now, I'm still waiting for confirmation from Andy at Gab to figure out if he was forced to be in protected tweets or if he doesn't want to talk about it because a lawsuit's being filed. The bottom line is... This is full-blown-out censorship, guys. You are not allowed to tell them, well, looks like what you've been preaching, you should maybe take a lesson from yourself. They don't like this. I mean, yesterday, right, I was responding to a troll of a journalist, right, that was fired, of course, and he was really, really upset. Uh, Well, Ben Collins... um, Hold on, and I'm going to screenshot it because it says it's no longer there. He tweeted uh, a, a picture uh, that said, shut the F up 
and it had a journalist, you know, and journalist and some guy supposedly beheading it, you know, and he was very, very upset. He was extremely upset that um, this was going around. He he deleted his whole thread. So let me make sure that I can take a picture of this um, before it gets eradicated because I think he's getting a lot of heat from this. So he was communicating with Twitter saying, you told me Friday you guys were going to pay attention to these threats this weekend. If you can't do it, tell the people you expl- um, tell the people you, ex- you explicitly what's going on. When can any person expect to be even remotely safe from death threats? So they're worried about death threats, right? This is the same guy who issued death threats to um, Mike Cernovich's wife. Uh, the one that was talking about his child, the one, you know, that was all about getting rid of advocating, literally advocating to remove conservatives. And I tweeted him literally begging Twitter to stop conservatives and enraged Americans. You know what they didn't bank on? The people that they were trying to silence is armed America because armed America voted for Trump, not dildo waivers. And so, you know, we are the most patient because we are responsible. This is why we own guns, because we understand our rights and we understand what is fair and correct and legal. So we don't make extraordinary comments like, hey, remove that person because I don't like what they say. We don't. And, you know, this is the mentality uh, evil people have. They want to silence you because you don't agree with them. Uh, This is the way people manipulate other demographics and even marginalized minorities by silencing criticism. This you see a lot in troll groups too. Like there are literally pages that are – there are people on this planet there are that are so vile, guys. Like they have pages on Facebook, groups, and everything. Just like, you know, the, the Nazi supremacists, right, where they're just talking about hanging people. Nasty, nasty stuff. But there are nasty, nasty people that are just – they just have pages of – berating people, saying disgusting things. And you think to yourself, just for a second, how are these people subscribing to pages like this? They are literally feeding into evil. That makes them just as disgusting. These pages that just rant and rave about, you know, the president, about political opponents. And the minute you throw a fact, they will boot you faster than you blinked. Because you are not allowed to throw facts in the mix. This is where we drive the narrative and we tell you what to think. How dare you think for yourself? You're supposed to hate. You're supposed to be disgusted. You're supposed to be about, yeah, let's get them. I'm a conservative too, but listen to me. Don't listen to the real conservatives. I know what I'm talking about. You know, and then I see some companies, you know, that do the same thing and people, individuals that own their own companies that do the same thing and people pay them for their services. Like, for example, let's pretend that um, you're in high school and there's this girl who is the biggest 
bully ever. Talking about everyone and anyone, berating everyone and anyone. But, you know, she lives in a shack over the railroad, you know, can't afford her clothes, uh, you know, um, shoplifts. You know, she talks, you know, a big game but has absolutely zero going for her. And then, you know, she's baking cookies and then you buy them from her. Why would you buy anything from someone that talks so nastily about people and children? This is Ben. This is what that guy does. This is this same scenario. Just picture it on different scales and apply it. Like, do you think that that person won't spit in a cake or a cookie that they're going to sell you when they're so vile? That's the thing. Why are you buying what they're selling? You shouldn't. If you have any decency as a person, of course. And what we see is from the radical left and those supposedly that are conservatives, that they subscribe to this mentality of thought police. That no matter what the facts say, they're right. This person is evil. This person is this. They're a crook. They're this. This everything they say about Donald Trump and any other political opposition that are calling out real things like fraud, like tax evasion, like money laundering, like child trafficking, human trafficking, usurping our democracy. Those are all things that are happening. And those very same people are the ones discrediting those talking about it. And now they're stuck in a position where they're smacked with lawsuits and begging platforms to silence people. This is where we're at as a society. This is how much hate they're fueling. And you can only blame the mainstream media, which is just an extension of this DC mafia, guys. An extension. I mean, would you ever think in any universe that a president that steps up and supports and tells you we need to stop child and sex trafficking that you would maim them? Let me tell you a story that's really close to home. My daughter was told, my little girl was told by her friend that her father had raped her. This is real stuff. This is documented stuff. She had told my daughter this. My daughter didn't tell me because I'm a mandatory reporter. Finally, she confides in me when she feels like the little girl is too scared to speak up. And I tell her, go to your counselor or I'm calling the police. She told the school counselor, guess what happened? That very summer, I got an email from the school telling me that, hey, maybe it would be best she goes to another school. And they ridded her for trying to help someone. Do you guys understand that? This is how the left works. You're not allowed to talk about certain things, especially, especially when The person in question is someone that funds their agendas. That is an integral part of funding their agenda. Okay, keep that in mind. This is where our society is. It's okay. It's okay to do this. It is okay to 
Take down people that are fighting for those that are unable to fight for themselves. We see it every day with President Trump. The left is accepting that we have a problem. The left is accepting that we have a problem with child and human trafficking, yet they refuse to do anything to fix it. I mean, just look at how many arrests of child trafficking we have had since President Trump took office. And now do the math within those 48 months, how many arrests were done over 40 years, less than what he's done. And do not tell me that this is a new, you know, wave or epidemic. This has been on and on and on in the shadows. This is the most lucrative market. And it's not just about sex. It's not just about sex slavery for these kids. It's about organ donations. It is about uh, scientific experiments. And I say it and my stomach turns when I say it. Everyone needs to understand that those of you that cannot see what kind of war our president is fighting, then you can't understand how important it was that he loses this battle with the shutdown. The Democrats, as one friend of mine said, who admitted I was right, and I'm not going to call him out on air, (laughs) um, said that I was right, is that the Democrats smell blood in the water. And this is why he ended the shutdown. He knew about the veto override. He was hoping that they have a change of heart because he called them out on Twitter. Again, guys, our president never does anything by chance. He doesn't tweet things like anything by chance, kind of like his tweet about Howard Schultz. You know, he's like, oh, you know, former uh, Starbucks CEO is thinking about running for president. And he said, Howard Schultz doesn't have the guts to run for president. Watched him on 60 Minutes last night. And I agree with him that he's not the smartest person. Besides, America already has that. Supposedly, that President Trump isn't that smart. He's saying that about himself. Probably because he put too much faith in the wrong people, probably self-acknowledgement, or just allowing them to pander. I haven't figured that one out, but what he said afterwards is important. I only hope that Starbucks is still paying me their rent at Trump Tower. What does that tell you? Why would anyone say anything? Because when someone makes a statement like that, you know, oh yeah, you know, I kind of hope this, kind of like me saying, oh, it would be a shame if someone found out who this senator really is, and then I post a document. It's because... There's something there. And what's the something here? That he got kicked out of Starbucks. Money is going down. Starbucks is, is, is not having profitable earnings. They're ba- basically pulling away from their leftist agenda. You know, you haven't heard about any fruity things any, 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 anymore from Starbucks because they saw that we rule with our pockets. We rule with our wallets. And this is why HuffPo fired a whole bunch of people, you know, BuzzFeed reported a profit, yet they fired a bunch of people. Why? Because we rule with our wallets. Again, the America that voted for Trump, number one, were legal citizens. Number two, were all mostly armed America and armed, not just by weapons, but by knowing what their constitution stands for knowing what the actual foundations of this nation are. So those are the people that voted for Trump and those are the taxpayers. Those are the people that work hard and contribute to the economy and are what I like to call citizens that contribute to society. 
So when you piss off that majority of America, because now, and I, in retrospect on TorySays.com, I wrote an article how people with green cards were voting, and now it's all coming out. We've got, you know, they keep telling us we only have a, a million illegal aliens. Make it more like 25 million. Because they use your social security number. You won't even know until the IRS comes after you like they did me. Hey, you were working there. Well, how can I be at that state and that state and this one at the same time? I mean, I can't be making Arby's, you know, sandwiches and, you know, up in the sticks in North Dakota working and picking oranges on a farm. Like, that's incredible. How am I working? Oh, well, you need to figure it out. This is reality. And these people voted. So they don't count. We do. And now every single market, consumer market, is acknowledging that if they don't want to fail as a brand and if they don't want to close their doors, they need to make sure to keep their noses out of politics. Because we don't rule with fists. We don't shame people and kick them out. We don't call people racist. We don't tell them that your hat is a white hood. No, 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 no. We don't. We just don't use our money. Because the people that say things like that white hood is the the MAGA hat is a white hood or you can't eat here or I'm not serving you because you're a Trump supporter and all that stuff are the losers of the nations that don't have money to spend. You know, like Alyssa Milano, she has no money to spend. She's like crazy debt in taxes. She's gotten, she doesn't even have two pennies to rub together. And yet she's out there, yep, 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 to make money any way she can. I mean, if they're talking about you, it's a good thing always, right? Because that brings you money. You could sell your pictures, sell your story. She needs money. This is why she's doing it. She sold her soul to the devil a long time ago. We need to be paying attention. We're in charge. The consumer market knows it. The Democrats know it. So the mainstream media is beefing it up to make you think that you're the minority when you are the majority. And anything they're doing to our president, they are trying now to break our base up. We have people coming out of the woodwork saying things like, oh my gosh, he caved. I can't support that. Or, hey, we need a soft form of Islam. Or like these crazy notions. And you're thinking, they are literally splitting our base up. This is their tactic now because they know that he can do anything and we would not drop support. He can shut down the government for a year and we would still support him. There are federal workers that were laid off and they were like, I'm okay with that. I support you, President Trump. doesn't matter if I don't have that money to go to the restaurant, you know, or I'll just get a loan. I'll figure it out, President Trump. All I want you to do is fix my country. Those patriots are behind him, and the mainstream media knows it. The Democrats know it, and they're trying to skew what you think. And here is a very good example. Take a listen to what Fox put out um, I think this was last night. There's a new shutdown deadline on the table. Or this that morning. February 15th. Let's bring in White House, uh, White House uh, Mercedes Schlapp is joining us, White House Director of Strategic Community. Did you guys hear that? She said White Hat, White House, White Hat, right? Did you hear that? I'm just pointing it out. Take a listen. Vacations, Mercedes, great to have you here. We're talking about this February 15th deadline now. What does the president think can get done by then? Look, the president has perfectly set the table now for the negotiations. 
uh, with Congress. This is obviously we're trying to see if we can get this legislative fix and ensuring that we're able to fund the border. Uh, and if and he also has perfectly set the table for other options as well, if we need to look into other options in order to fund the border. So again, we feel we're in a good position. I think at this point, it's a matter of seeing if Congress can deliver. What do those other options include? Executive order? Well, again, we are looking at all options on the table. Obviously, he has discussed in the past about uh, declaring a national emergency. Our goal right now is to ensure that Congress can come up with a plan of action. You have these conferees coming together this Wednesday. Uh, they need are going to be meeting with experts to talk about what resources our Border Patrol agents need. The president has been one to listen to our Border Patrol agents, uh, and they have recognized the need of having funding for physical barriers. And that was uh, why we came up with a $5.7 billion figure, because of the fact that it allows to build over 200 miles of the wall in the top priorities that the Border Patrol agents have identified uh, to ensure that our border is protected and we're able to decrease the amount of illegal uh, immigration, immigrants who are crossing the border. Well, just about two weeks ago, you made an offer of $5.7 billion, funding, uh, billion in funding, but there were a lot of other things in there, three-year temporary status for, for DREAMers and a number of uh, judges and, and beds at the border. If you take that deal that you put on the table two weeks ago, how many Democrats in the House do you think would vote for it? Look, I think there was definitely pressure from the rank-and-file Democrats. Uh, they placed pressure on the Democrat leadership because they were wanting to make sure we were able to reopen the government and then negotiate with the president. We've had Democrats on record saying that physical barriers work. The president proposed a good-faith propo uh, uh, effort in a good-faith compromise. This was an opportunity to bring the Democrats to the table. They refused to negotiate. Now that we're back on where we are able to reopen the government for the next three weeks, this is going to put pressure on these conferees uh, to get a good, it, good negotiation question, done. Do, do you think you'll get any Democrats to vote for it then? Is it Look, I think at this point it's up to the conferees to come up with a good plan. And then at that point the president will decide if that would be enough resources to ensure that we secure the border. So is there a State of the Union date set, Mercedes? Well, Ooh. we know it's definitely not tomorrow, uh, but the, the, we, our offices are working with Nancy Pelosi's offices to set a date. Uh, obviously, when she first uh, rescinded the invitation, which was the fact of saying that there, there was a security concern or asked for a delay in the State of the Union, uh, there were no security concerns. You know, the president's looking forward to addressing the American people, talking about our booming economy, the great work we've done to help all American workers, as well as talk about our strength in, in, in the foreign circles and what we've been able to do, for example, in moving towards denuclearization in the Korean Peninsula. So we have a great story to tell, and the president is looking forward to addressing the American people. Just to people. be clear, as of now, there's no invitation from the House Speaker. Is that right? That is correct. Our, our offices are talking. Okay. Uh, on the Roger Stone news, how was the White House reacting to this as a longtime friend of the president? Look, I mean, there's no evidence of collusion with the, by the president or senior White House officials. Uh, you know, I think it's just interesting if you're setting the standard on, on Roger Stone uh, to also, uh, you know, ask the question of others who've provided false statements like James Clapper or James Comey, for that matter. What does the president have to say about this this morning? Roger Stone. Uh, you know, again, we're focused in on getting border security completed. 
our goal right now, and as we move towards the State of the Union, is to talk about ways that we can work with Congress to achieve our priorities. Uh, and the okay, so Mercedes, I love her. Did you see how she dodged that question so great? Didn't even acknowledge the Roger Stone question. Because, you know, Fox is also mainstream media, and they're given marching orders, and she's so eloquent when she responds. But you have to listen to what she's been saying. She first addressed Roger Stone saying, you know, James Clapper and Comey, you know, hesitantly, but said it. That's because what they did to Roger Stone is coming boomerang this week. See, they never tell the president anything that comes out of his people's mouths, just like Kellyanne Poles, who said they don't want the State of the Union because of maybe people not turning up. She's telling you, uh, we need to look at other things, which means, just like I said when I wrote that article, there's a precedent here. And so this is going to be boomerang back. First, we have the raid on the FBI a whistleblower. Now we have this immense amount of force for a process crime. I mean, I don't even think they, they, they stormed in like that for El Chapo. I'm just saying, right. Um, and according to some reporting, we didn't even have that many agents and that many bodies trying to get Osama bin Laden. Remember our country let his right hand go considering his right hand a victim to Osama. This is ridiculous. Like guys, I'm sorry that I'm laughing, but it's so ridiculous that people are eating this up. She told you what we need to know for this week, right? Which is what? Border security. She said the president wanted them to come to the table and talk. Do you think that it's gonna, he's going to wait three weeks? Perhaps. What I think? No. National emergency. Boom. And this, this thing that happened with Roger Stone, and I said it from day one, there's people saying, Christopher Ray is a good guy, and you guys have no idea. He is allowing the most sold out people to be in positions of power because it's not us knowing that you're on the wrong side of the team. We need to see your methods. And when you're allowed free reign to do as you wish and you do something like this, it totally ding, 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 game on. That was round one. So now we're going to see now we're seeing from the White House actual factual statements of how they're going to deal with what they've done. What they've done to Roger Stone will not be forgiven. What they have done to our people, because think about it. Anyone, Mueller subpoena, say I get a subpoena from the Mueller team. Come in, Tori. I think you might have had, you know, these emails from, you know, before WikiLeaks. You might know the source. Come here. I'll be scared that he's going to send 21 armed FBI agents to my house. Aren't you? I mean, you would think that it's a person with guns, flight risk, a, you know, a drug dealer, child trafficker. No, it's a process crime. And here's the thing. They said we were worried he was going to delete things. Delete what? You already had the indictment and you used stuff from 2016, 2017. What more could you want? After the break, I'll see you guys with Scott Adams joining me for the second half to parse apart this Monday morning and talk about what's really going on in the news.
Welcome back host, have a great show. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic. news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter on Tori underscore says as well as Gab. Uh, I'm your host uh, for this hour. We also have Scott Adams. Scott Adams has the Scott Adams Show. You can go to scottadamshow.com. Find him on Red State, of course. And um, he is one of my favorite people to discuss anything and everything. And uh, either that be on the radio, off radio, we bounce ideas. And the thing is, the glory of it is, is that we don't agree on everything. And I love that. Because it's through debate and posing questions to other people that you discover where the truth is. Uh, like I've always said, we need to question everything. And you can follow him on Scott Adams Show, at Scott Adams Show on Twitter. Scott, thanks for joining me on this second hour. Um, I just wanted to remind people that are listening, I always up, open up the phone lines. Our number is 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. If you have any questions for me or Scott. So, Scott, what have you seen since you finished your show um, going on? <laughs> there's a lot going on. You know, there's, uh, there's a lot of debate going on with regard to the border wall, the government shutdown, the State of the Union address, and everything in between. Um, there's so much happening with regard to that, but then there's also a lot going on with regard to the status of the Mueller witch hunt. As well, so I'm not sure exactly which topic you want to talk about right now, but I'm willing to talk about you the. Tell model. me, you tell me. Should we uh, talk about censorship, uh, the new method of censorship that Twitter has just imposed that I actually am breaking because uh, I don't think a lot of people are realizing it. Right, Gab uh, actually made <laughs> uh, Twitter made all of Gab's tweets private. They change. There's no way that Gab would have done that to themselves. Gab is on Twitter to promote an alternative to Twitter, um, and it seems like their messages are no longer uh, viewable. 
So, I mean, what's the strategy? Like, I tweeted out how, you know, it's faded out that I can't retweet. So, what do we do? Take screenshots and share them? It's only a matter of time before they privatize everybody's tweets. Um, I would actually put my money on it. Let's say, because I'm more than happy to eat some humble pie. But I think they're going to roll out a new thing where everybody's tweet is protected. Except maybe the president's because it's a public platform. And um, other than that, you can't see anybody's tweets unless you're following them and they approve you. Do you think that's the new strategy? Because I do. This is how they control information. And that's pretty weird, right? You'd be in an echo chamber, really. Because I want to see what Jack Tapper is talking about, but I don't want to follow him because I loathe him and I would hate to be, you know, no, actually I do follow him because he's been saying a few things that I'm trying to keep tabs on, but then I unfollow. So there's a lot of people that I look into, but I don't want to be another notch for them to think that, hey, I approve of you and this is why I follow you. And so creating this protected tweets thing is a big deal because I think we're only going to see a lot of leftists not be protected and maybe they'll just do it Twitter wide now. And, um, you know, I, I, I hate to say this, but I talked about this last year and that they're going to come up with something else. Think about it. You know, even if they did it across the board, which I think at some point they would have to do that fair and square, Otherwise, Congress would weigh in, and I think it would be a no-brainer. They'd open themselves up to class action lawsuits, uh, which I think is already going in that direction. Social media is also subject to uh, utilities because they have a lot of they get a lot of their money through taxpayer dollars through government contracts. But then, in addition to that, they also have an impact on elections, much, 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 much more so than Russia ever could dream of. And so you have to look at finance, uh, campaign finance laws and campaign finance reforms and things like that. But this would go a long way in in putting them in a box there. I think that they would open themselves up to a whole bunch of civil litigation. So, but I think that they would want to go across the board because just like we've seen BuzzFeed and Huffington Post and, and Gannett you know, basically go down in flames. And we're also seeing CNN falling into all these different traps with people like Josh Campbell taking the bait and, you know, uh, I think really shining a spotlight on what's really going on with the Mueller investigation with that Roger Stone raid. They're losing their butts. They're losing their ratings. CNN can't even get a million uh, viewers in prime time. They can't even do that anymore. They're, They're not even close to that. So CNN's losing everything, just like Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, and Gannett, and who is USA Today, and a whole host of other people. So they're losing. So naturally, when they feel like they're losing, they want to sort of even the playing field. It's sort of like when the Democrats were uh, were gaining in the popular vote because they had more voters than people in L.A. or stuff like that. Uh, they would say, well, we got to do away with the Electoral College. When the laws on the books don't suit them well, they they change the rules. So in this case, the rule is that it used to be that it was an open expression of ideas. Well, I think that there are so many more conservative voices in social media that the left is losing the tug of war there, right? They're losing that battle because there's so much more uh, – 
voice in social media for the conservative movement than the liberals. So that's why they want to change this. It's sort of like changing the rules because the rules that were in place uh, were being um, the, the left was losing as a result of those rules. Well, they've been losing for a while, and we've constantly said we are the silent majority. And now it's coming to light that 25 million illegal um, aliens exist within our nation. And now they're coming up with uh, people actually going to jail. And the thing is, it's not jail. The law says that if you're a permanent resident alien or, you know, what people call a green card and you vote, that's automatic deportation. And so we're seeing all this come to front. And I wrote an article about it. What was it like maybe a month ago pointing to that, which is great because, you know, I might even go as far as to say maybe someone saw it and investigated Texas more because that's where it came out of. We're seeing a lot coming out of Texas, aren't we on that? And that indicates that we were right. We are the majority. Yeah, Texas, uh, Trump just tweeted that out, something about 95,000 illegals were registered to vote and 58,000 actually did vote. That's that's insane. Right. And Trump tweeted that out over the weekend. Well, I've been talking about it for a long time. People don't people refuse to report the news. And I've I've you know what, Scott, I've been saying it to how many people. That are actually blue check marks that have shows that are on TV that are other radio show hosts. They don't report the news. They just rebut or repeat what the mainstream media is doing. They're no better because if someone was talking about these illegals and or registered aliens voting, you know, a month ago, this would have already been sorted out. But our voices are muffled because we don't have a blue check mark or because we're beating to a different drum. I mean, honestly, that's that's a problem with our media right now. And think about this, too. The, exactly what Twitter did to Gab, you know, in terms of deactivating their their messages. Um, when you go to Gab's Twitter feed, it's it's basically shut down as private so no one can see it. Well, again, what what I'm suggesting is that the conservative movement is dominating everywhere there's a free space to articulate ideas. And nobody is really subscribing to the hate messaging that's coming from the left. And when you think about it, when you see these poll numbers, they don't make sense. It doesn't seem like the poll numbers jive with what you're feeling and seeing and hearing and and uh, what, you, what you know is actually happening. So think about that and then think about like Roseanne Barr, for example. Remember Roseanne came out of the woodwork and she had a show that was pro-Trump and it set all, it broke all records. And then after she was gone, that show, basically the Connors or whatever it was called, nobody had any interest in it. Nobody has any interest in uh, Trump bashing anymore because it, it's done just about every single place that you could ever uh, look. Turn on any channel on news today, and it's even becoming Fox News. Uh, you could get a, you can get your daily dose of Trump bashing. But when you come to Red State or Tory Says or go to torysays.com or or my show, uh, what you're going to find is that we're going to give you the truth, and the truth is that Trump is actually doing a good job, not a bad job, that what's happening in Venezuela and what's happening in North Korea and what's happening in China and and in Europe is all good for America and that Trump is really dominating the world. You know, I'll never – 
It, it struck me when Maduro gave his speech over the weekend. I think it was yesterday that he gave a speech, and it was pretty articulate. Actually, I was surprised at how good of a speech it was for him, uh, for his, you know, interest to serve his interest. But he actually referred to Trump, and he said, and all the other allies around the world that actually sit at the foot of Trump, and basically he was acknowledging that. Trump has really dominated the world and that all of our allies are basically kissing his ring. And really, I mean, Trump has that kind of muscle, that kind of power. Why? It's not because Trump individually is so strong, but it's because Trump's following and the base, the people like you and me are supporting of Trump. This fight is being won because of the people that support Trump. And again, like you were saying on my show earlier today, uh, about the Republicans and the Democrats, there's no party. It's all one for all, all for one in, in inside the beltway. And what I said was in the opening of my show is that Trump said in his inauguration speech that we're not transferring power from one party to another, but we're transferring power from Washington back to you, the people. That's in my opening of every show that I do. And that's really what it's all about. The built, rebuilding the middle class is what make America great again actually means. Well, for me, it's very alarming. I'm actually going to be posting an article in regards to this new wave of silencing the speech because I can all, all, already envision, and this is with mathematical accuracy, if, that, if what my observation, from my observations, if I am correct, they will silence everybody's account. And they will only allow those that they deem public interest, um, maybe the president, maybe CNN, maybe CNBC, but they will silence things like Gab, Big League Politics, Gateway Pundit, True Pundit. All of them will be silenced. And I, I think this is more of an ability for marketing strategy because they will bombard us with advertisements, paid placement. And remember, we're coming up to elections and this is their time to invade our timelines with this new rule. And it's about time every single conservative out there, everyone that is listening to me now, to unfollow, unfollow those accounts like Jake Tapper's, like Anna Navarro, like CNN, because you're giving them credibility with your follow. The people you follow should only be the ones that you believe contribute to your knowledge, right? Not to the garbage. You can always troll and just go on the search bar and find CNN. And if we treated our social media platforms, right, like we do our wallets, where we only spend our money um, to those businesses that, prov that agree or align with our values and provide us a product we want, then we would be winning 10 times over. But we see everybody following everybody, um, you know, uh, in regards to people you don't agree with, right? Or, you know, don't contribute. Like I follow people. Do you know why I follow them? Because they contribute to what I'm looking at. They retweet things that are of interest, right? And we need to use our artificial intelligence um, selves and deem that as currency, because it is indeed giving validation to the other side. I'm personally going to go through my follow list and unfollow every single person 
that I shouldn't be following, like Louise Mensch. I love to follow her because she she makes me, <laughs> she gets this little troll out of me, you know? And I look at her tweets and I just feel evil and I will just go to town with it. But I'll have to unfollow her because by following her, I give her credibility. So I'm, I'm to blame part of this too. But I think it's time we arm ourselves and get ready for the big rollout. Uh, because like you said, why would Gab protect their tweets? I mean, I can't even DM it to someone. I can't send it. So what are we going to be doing? Taking screenshots of people's tweets that we have and then sharing them? That's incredible. Think about it. This is the biggest move of silencing ever, and they will use that to drive the elections. Because, you know, the Democrats will flood it with stupid things like, you know, Kamala Harris and Wakanda, let's say, right? You'll see that going in as a promotional thing through Marvel, and then you'll see Kamala Harris's face on it. Or, hey, today is like, um, what is it? Happy hour at Starbucks. Vote for Schultz. <laughs> you know, we're going to see that invading our timelines because we can't see anyone we want anymore. It's only the people we follow and that approve us of following them, right? Because when you protect your tweets, you get to choose who can follow you. So that is pretty remarkable, and I'm surprised no one's reporting it. I'm writing up an article as I'm on the show, really, um, putting it together because people need to be made aware that elections are coming up and they're coming out strong because we are realizing we are the majority. Our wallet's spoken. Look at all of them getting fired. I mean, it was just tweeted by John Levin that I'm told by a person in the know that tweeting learn to code at any recently laid off journalist will be treated as abusive behavior and is a violation of Twitter's terms of service. Really? So when they gloat that someone is banned, when they gloat that someone is fired, when they have a picture of a severed head of our president calling it art, when we come back saying, well, you know, our money spoke, maybe you should learn to code. Suddenly it's, it's a threat and abusive behavior. Do you see what I'm saying? Like these are all insane rules and we really need our administration to step up. And call it to what it is. Twitter needs to put it as a paid service so everybody can do a mass leave. Because if everybody had the guts to just leave and go to Gab, seriously, we wouldn't have this problem. We wouldn't even be discussing it. Because, again, we've already realized that our money talks. And the people that are on there, those you know confused people that don't know which bathroom to use, that have $300,000 in college debt but work as baristas because it's on in some stupid topic like feminism, which is all about crushing men rather than empowering women, right? Uh, you know, they, they don't have money. They're not going to pay. And who wants to live in an echo chamber, guys? I mean, these trolls feed off of looking at what people like you and I, Scott, post. They feed off of that. Right. That's their food. So they're going to cut it off. No one's going to be on Twitter anymore. And if they introduce a subscription fee, that's it. They lost, you know, a majority of Twit users. So, I mean, what do you think of that? I think that's their new strategy now for the elections. Right, it is, and just I'm I'm over on Gab. I wanted to see if uh, with on Gab if they would have acknowledged what had happened to them on Twitter, and they didn't post on Gab that. But the Gab, you know, at Gab, uh, four days ago said our 2019 goals: stay online and become even more anti-fragile, defend free expression for all, improve user experience, become 
cash flow positive for sustained growth. They need our help. Together, we can accomplish all of these and so much more. And they basically said, thank you for supporting our mission of defending free speech online. See, if you want free speech, there is a platform that we can go to. And, you know, MeWe, I would imagine, is another one, MeWe. You know, but what's interesting, too, is that with with um, people like Apple, companies like Apple, even Apple has gotten in on this where they won't even allow Gab to have a, a phone app. And, 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 and uh, Google Play. Pardon? And Google Play and the Android platforms, too. They've been banned from that, too. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they've kind of cracked down. They don't, they don't want any more free speech competition. They, they've had enough with free speech. You know, that's the, that's the problem. And the left has gone out of their way to chip away at our free speech in, on every turn. And it's exactly that kind of intolerance that has resulted in universities, the university elite, having a, a Democrat liberal population of 90 plus percent. And the journalists and the editorial news boards uh, in news and media is 90 plus percent uh, run by liberals. And then also in Hollywood, everywhere there's a proliferation of concepts and ideas and communications to the public. The liberals sought fit to control the messaging. And that's what they're trying to do in Congress. That's what they're trying to do with the president. That's what they've tried to do across the board in our schools, in our news, and in, our, um, in, in, in what we see as, as a form of entertainment. Uh, and it's uh, something we have to change. And it starts really with the sponsorships that, you know, those who are actually supporting financially these organizations and prompt it, prompting them up. We need to find alternative solutions for our media. Gab would be a good example of that over Twitter. Well, um, you know, I'm we see it during election time, you know, where they had bots, sock puppets during 2016, purging people, banning people. And then in this past election run, we had a lot of censorship, silencing uh, of people right up to the elections, um, flagging, uh, you know, this whole uh, push to l allow true news. And it's like, well, what you might consider true, I don't. Um, you know, this is the latest push. And um, in my article where, where I talked about uh, how this is becoming a really Gestapo type of environment. I quoted 1984 and we see it with the, with the Covington Catholic school boys. They're boys, they're rambunctious, right? But a smirk is a trigger. And that was part of Orwell's, I would say pretty prophetic, right? Writing because where a smile or a facial expression is punchable. You remember that excerpt from 1984? And this is where we're at. Like, this is no joke. If we want to know what's going on, all we have to do is uh, go to Amazon or wherever. I mean, I don't want to push Bezos's uh, business, but, you know, you can find it online and read it. And you'll be like, whoa, we're living this. We are living this. Those people like from Disney that wanted to put the boy, the Covington boys in a chipper, wood chipper, they didn't get banned. They didn't get shadow banned or anything like that, like like it has happened with you and me. But but also, um, you know, they there was a Twitter, a tweeter that uh, basically said, isn't that a face you would just love to punch in the face? And it's 
And then they did the, the pundits on the mainstream media would talk about that face a, as being an expression of white privilege and uh, it should be knocked off his face. And that's right out of the chapters of 1984 in the movie it is that rhetoric, that kind of intolerance of just being. And again, that's not far from where Hitler was when he wanted to exterminate the Jews. Uh, based on what? I mean, this is no, nothing new. This is nothing new because the Democrats have a long history, uh, well over a century of basically being racist, segregationists, and intolerant fools. Uh, it's why the Republican Party was established in 1854 in the first place. It's why Lincoln was the first Republican president in 1860. Uh, finally, after one run, the Republicans failed. But in the second election of the new Republican Party, it was Abraham Lincoln who basically then was inspired the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, which were all about bringing our country together, integration, every man is equal, every man should have a right to vote. All of these things were Republican ideas. They were not liberal ideas. The liberals fought tooth and nail against these things. And when Nathan Phillips went on uh, Samantha uh, Guthrie, and basically said that he felt threatened by this little boy that's like as innocent as can be and stood in the way and basically said that he felt like uh, he was the black girl where the white man was standing in front of the door. That white man he was referring to was the father of segregation, Democrat governor George Wallace from Alabama. But she didn't bother to follow up with that and basically talk about how that was a Democrat idea. Of course not, because that doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't. And uh, we're coming up to a break, but I just wanted to um, tell everyone, if you're not following Haley Kennington and on Twitter, she's at Kennington Says, you're missing out. Uh, she writes for ToriSays.com and various other outlets. Um, she just sent me a link to a tweet by Paul Sperry saying, breaking Western Intel asset Joseph, Joseph Misfood, who solicited Papadopoulos, may be dead. And so Bloomberg uh, just said that the DNC lawyers say Papadopoulos's uh, UK contact may be dead. So this is something that George and, and yourself said months and months ago, if I'm not mistaken, that, yep, uh, you know, there we go. And, you know, that's real news. But, you know, according to Twitter, that's going to stop really soon. So me and Scott, we'll see you guys right after this short break. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. 
so you switch to the needle. Now you're a train wreck, drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you, and you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. MyPillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable MyPillow is with its patented interlocking fill. MyPillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. Uh, you can find articles written by myself and all news we talk about uh, here every day, 12 to 2, live Eastern Time. Uh, I have Scott on ToriSays.com, by the way, but you can, uh, you should be following Scott Adams Show at www.scottadamshow.com. Um, he's a wealth of information and he's with us now. And with this breaking news of Misfud, since you focused a lot on it, having myself listened to your shows, I'd like you to tell my listeners uh, your take on this and um, how you've been talking about it for months and how George Papadopoulos has been talking about this for months. And it was shunned away and discredited and dismissed. And yet the truth is now coming out. No one knows exactly what the status is of Joseph Mussad, but he's been in disguise. We know that his his advisors and handlers uh, admitted that he was in disguise, that he was uh, hiding for his life. And a lot there was a lot of rumors that he was he's been dead for months and nobody just nobody simply knew where he was, um, but uh, he holds the keys to a lot of the problems uh, that were related to this case. And I'm sure that he's dead. I mean, I'm not surprised at all um, that he was one of the people that was trying to set up George Papadopoulos 
Um, he was an FBI asset. Uh, he was also working with GCHQ and uh, Robert Hannigan. Uh, and again, um, working with the CIA, John Brennan had no business working with GCHQ, which is the NSA equivalent. Robert Hannigan resigned the day after President Trump took uh, the oath of office. Um, Scott, so, Scott, one second, one second. Um, breaking news: three thirty p.m. today. Um, Haley just sent this. Um, uh, Acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker will be making a statement um, at three thirty today uh, to announce China-related law enforcement action. Just thought I'd break that out to everyone so they can okay, have so their that's clocks a, tuned. That's related to that highway. Yes, um, that I wrote an article about that. Remember, maybe we should talk about that. Yeah. Continue on, Misfoot. Yeah. I just wanted to break that out. Yeah, that's interesting. It would really be nice if he would actually address the Roger Stone raid, and if he takes questions, I'm sure that will come up. And you know what the heck Christopher Ray is doing? So we got Christopher Ray and Roger Stone's raid. Uh, which by all accounts, every law enforcement agent uh, officer with his weight and salt would tell you that that was ridiculous. However, I think it served the White Hats well, and I think it was the biggest black eye that Mueller received to date, that that uh, the guy named Josh Campbell, who was a guy that was the first on the scene for CNN, happened to have worked with James Comey in the past. <laughs> what are the odds? Anyway, that's that story. Um, there's so much we can talk about, but Joseph Mifsud, the Maltese professor, the guy that actually worked with um, the British intel, uh, more than likely was poisoned because that's what British intel people do. And I'm sure it was the British intelligence that actually murdered him, just like they tried to murder those two people in London and blame it on Putin. Uh, that's what goes on. You know, just like we lost a Secret Service person in Scotland the day before Helsinki. A lot of this stuff goes on. They're not uh, afraid to kill people when it serves their purpose. Joseph Mifsud provides big trouble for British intel and for American, the American intel as well. The FBI, James Clapper, and John Brennan. Uh, this was all. He was all part of a trap that incorporated the other Five Eyes partner in Australia, and the meetings in Chicago. A lot of that. Uh, had gone on and they didn't, they never interviewed him. They never located him. They never showed his face. He's probably been dead for quite a long time. I think we have a caller, Tori. Oh, excellent. That would be great to take a listen and a take from them uh, about Mr. Tan. Um, I want to talk about Mr. Tan. This either being his in the way. Okay, let's take a listen. I can't make out what he wants to speak about. Caller, you're on the line with um, Tori and Scott. How are you doing? Welcome. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for letting me on. Scott basically just said exactly word for word what I was just going to say was that if he, that he's either being Mifsa is either being hidden by them, but more than likely he's dead and like he said, been dead for a while. But I just wanted to say, if anyone's more sketchy than the CIA, it's the GCHQ, and they wouldn't hesitate for one second, I think it's easier for them if it could be easier for anyone than the CIA to cover something up, it's them. They have full cooperation with the British government. They have carte blanche to do whatever the hell they want. And like he said, he would be the linchpin. I, I want to know if you guys, where, where, where do you think Halpert is? 
no. Stefan Halpert. Have we heard from him? Well, caller, where, where are you calling from? What, what is your name and where are you calling from, by the way? I'm calling from Utah. My name is Jared. Okay, Jared. Thank you for calling in. Tori, I must have called you Leonora. Yes, Tori, I, I think that question was to you. What about uh, uh, Halper? Listen, here's the thing. Like you said, G, uh, the, the Brits in general play very, very dirty, right? Who used to have an office next to the head of the intelligence agency for the United Kingdom? That would be who? Gina Haspel, correct? So obviously there's nothing that she doesn't know. So we already know where they are or how deep in the ground they are already. And And Pompeo vouched for Gina Haspel by, by promoting her to the head of CIA. And Pompeo, we know, is a very smart, good guy. Well, yes, I like Pompeo. I trust him. Pompeo is the only thing keeping me trust or giving me any hope when it comes to to that department. And I'm hoping that the CIA, I don't know about Gina Haspel. What do you, let me, let me say, do you have any trust with her? I don't trust her as far as I can throw her personally. What I find, what I find interesting about Stefan Halper is that Stefan Halper was not only a good friend with Carter Page because they go back about 10 years. They've done a lot of business together in oil trade and energy and things like that. But Stefan Halper actually lives over in Fairfax County, uh, about 15 minutes from my home uh, in Great Falls, Virginia. But he happens to be also a Cambridge professor and he does a lot of stuff abroad, has good buddies. A lot of traveling. He's well, well traveled, but here's the thing. So Stefan Halper was very instrumental in working with Carter Page and trying to set traps there. But he you could go back to a 1983 UPI New York Times article where he was on the inside. He was a Herbert Walker Bush guy. Yes, he was. He was working in the campaign. Mm-hmm. Herbert Walker Bush left. Stefan Halper then worked for the Reagan White House, tried to overthrow the chief of staff at the time, James Baker, not to be confused with the FBI attorney, James Baker, two different people. Um, but he was involved with that, and he was considered to be what they called in the in the New York Times article of 1983, a mole inside the White House. He's been a super spy for 30 years. And in addition to that, you can Google Stefan Halper with an F, S-T-E-F-A-N, and the BBC interview. There's an audio interview of him completely trashing Trump, basically calling Trump an infantile that this uh, this was about two years ago, and that this is akin to Watergate, and he should be impeached. This was Stefan Halper. Good buddies, how mind you, with Carter Page. Carter Page, who looks like he was a defendant of the administration, yet was in bed with someone like Stefan Halper, who is basically well-known in D.C. circles as part of the swamp. I mean, a lot of people in D.C. inside the Beltway know Stefan Halper intimately. You know, he's not not an ancient Chinese secret. And yet there he is in full view, but a super spy who was working with the deep state to try to overthrow a sitting American president, Donald Trump. He wanted to overthrow him. Uh, and, you know, Carter oh, Page, I said, yeah, Carter Page, as I said, from the beginning, is one of the biggest plants. And I've uh, stressed this on my show. And um, just to remind everyone, the announcement that's going on, if you have time 
go through my podcast feeds and find the one that I was talking about, China and Hawaii, because that'll bring a lot of light and um, uh, background to it, because apparently I didn't write up an article on that. That's my bad. Um, But um, staying on to Carter Page, he is a plant. And the thing is, you don't slot uh, people you don't plant them into someone's campaign last minute. They knew Donald Trump was coming. Uh, Obama made sure of that when he, you know, called him out at the, you know, press dinner thing where he was making fun of him. They all knew that he was going to run and it was a matter of time because they all knew that there was a plan to save our nation. And somewhere our president fit in. So they slotted all these people around him. And, Uh, Like our president, I've been in predicaments, I'm just going to say, where, you know, you think you know everything and then it comes out of the blue and thinking, how naive was I? And I believe, you know, the president feels like that, too, right now. How I didn't think that they'd go to that extent. Like, this is like insanity times 1000 to the power. So, um, you know, this is this is a big deal. And the media was so influential when they kept giving him crap when he's like, I don't need a foreign policy team. They're like, who's your people? Who's your people? You got to have people, I think, trying to usher those plants in. But I always wondered if Carter Page was wittingly a plant or if he was just, I'm just, you know, if he was so dumb. But I usually people aren't as dumb as they seem. Oh, that guy is smart. But smart. So he... Not good for Trump, I don't So you think he was he's full blown a plant. He wasn't playing both sides unwittingly. He knew exactly what he was doing and who he was working for as far as Carter Page goes. He was playing both sides wittingly, not unwittingly. To quote uh-huh. James. Correct, Grace. correct. And everyone we've seen Mueller come after and these FISA warrants, right, are all on plants. George Papadopoulos was a wild card. See, because George allowed them to go up many levels in regards to accessing information. Because the way it works is if I can surveil you, Scott, right, uh, because I mm-hmm. have some information from someone like Miss Fudd, right, then um, and you communicate with, um, you know, our caller from Utah, then... And I can start investigating him at that level. And if I can find any connection to Russia, yeah, if I can, you know, find anything that may connect him to Russia, that will allow me to go another level up. So George Papadopoulos was a was a tool of the deep state to access those that they had no direct access to. But having said that, having said that, aside from the FISA warrants, we have to remember that Loretta Lynch... And James Clapper went before a judge, the same FISA court judge who signed the first FISA warrant on on Carter Page in September, where she said, why are you withholding captured upstream communications with no warrants? And they kept saying, oh, there's an algorithm issue. And she's like, you have 90 days to fix it. Come December, yeah, we've located that there's an issue. We're still trying to work on it. So they have been capturing, according to her you know, order and memorandum, they have been capturing information 
calls, emails, texts, anything upstream that the NSA collects with no warrant on many American citizens. And that she wrote in April of 2017 because it was still ongoing and even the new FBI, CIA persons in place at the beginning of 2017 said, oh, there's like human error. So they've been collecting information without the warrants. The warrants were just there to cross the T's and dot the I's, you know, because even those warrants are null and void since they use data from, you know, CrowdStrike and Fusion GPS, which, mind you, had no contract yep. with the FBI or the intelligence community, which means they were not contracted. Thus, they were not what the government would call a vetted source to, uh, you know, take that information and use it as fact. So there's a lot more going on. Miss FUD was just the opportunity so they can access people that they weren't able to legally, um, you know, investigate. Who knows? They could be tapping you, Scott, because maybe one day you DM George. Right. And just, just, you know, as complex as this conversation sounds, uh, it is a very complex subject because you could, there's so many tentacles here. They, they did this on purpose. And what we're dealing with is tradecraft secrets and, and strategies that had been put into place to play both sides. I think in Washington, a great strategy, even if it's a deep state strategy and a sinister one, is one that actually where, where you have no chance of losing, that, you, that if you lose, you win. And if you win, you win, meaning that exactly. we're talking about playing both sides of the fence and, and doing it wittingly. Uh, I think that he had his bases covered so that he would never go to jail and that if he fell, he would be picked up. And if he actually won, he would be picked up. You know what I mean? Yeah, they've already looked at every angle. Right. And I think that Stefan Halper and- is one that knows how to play that game. And that's why Mueller... And I'm sure he has dirt on everybody. The other part is the insurance policy, as as Tory talks about all the time on, on Tory says. And that is that the trouble with Trump and the trouble with a lot of some of these players is they weren't insurable. And so they come in and there's no there's no dirt on someone. So the power of co- coercion and the power of destroying your life isn't possible. They actually have to make stuff up and try to throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks and see what they could get you to bite on. And it's a constant bait situation too. Or if I could get this person to chomp on this piece of bait, I can get some precedence over here to draw back on this coercion over there. And they're constantly trying to throw out things to trip people up and have them take the bait. Like in George DePapadopoulos, Mifsa. Mifsa was offering him what, $10,000 to come for a meeting? And he didn't bite. He thought he thought something fishy about that. And again, that was another trap. And it's a it's enticement with money. Whose money? Taxpayer money. Doesn't even cost them a dime. What yeah. a mob. Yeah, and but the can, thing is, that's the way. Can the I just state say one thing? Go, sorry, Tori, go ahead. 
Now, I was just going to say, that's the way the deep state operates. They want you to bite. They want you to confirm or deny something on the record. And then that's it. You're hooked. This is why, you know, what Roger Stone says and what I've been saying, you know, um, from experience is you never voluntarily provide any information. You never voluntarily share what you have. You never talk to them voluntarily ever. And you don't have to tell them anything because our Constitution says so. Because in, in the end, when they are so vicious and want something on you, they will go to extraordinary and even illegal measures, if we, as we see now with the Mueller investigation, to obtain this information. And when Roger Stone says, I will not be bear false witness, it's not just about bear false witness for the president, but himself. They want you to sign a bunch of stuff and say, just sign this and we'll make it all go away. We've all seen that movie before. And this is how they operate. Um, so that that's that's something to say on what you said in regards to how they entrap people and george was smart but he was still hooked because he was off of a long transatlantic flight you know what i mean when they got him he wasn't thinking probably had a couple of drinks you know on the plane because you know i make use of that free wine when i'm flying (laughs) so it was it was really bad and he had no lawyer and they just had him in a hot box asking him questions the smartest the smartest thing he did, the whole thing, was leave that ten thousand dollars behind in a safe spot, and that he still that he says he still has that cash, the cash that he took, but that he didn't take with him on the plane. Have you heard his interview with uh, Dan Bongino? I didn't know he took it's the pure thing. gold. You have to check it out. No, yeah, he says he he says he got ten thousand dollars not from Halpert, but from. I can't remember the guy's name, an older guy that I only ever heard his name come up in the interview with. Or I, I don't even know that Papadopoulos has, had his name in the interview. We got, we got to go back and listen to that Dan Bongino interview. It's a whole hour interview. It's, it's pure gold. But you know can I rewind one second? I think I need to bring George on. I think I need to bring George Sorry. I think I need to bring George on the show. Oh, I was just going to say. Yes, you you definitely need <laughs> yes, to. I do. But I was Go just going to say, we know for a fact that Russia did not hack the DNC servers because if they did, the FBI would have damn sure looked at them and not gone off of CrowdStrike. Just rewinding a second. But can I just? I hate to hop around on you guys. I'm so sorry, but I have to. I have to put this out to you because I've never heard anybody talk about it. But I have a theory that Michael Cohen was up to all sorts of shady stuff, really, really, really shady, illegal things that we haven't even heard about. He got busted long ago when Trump was contemplating running, and they've been controlling him this whole time. Do you think there could be any credibility to that? I think that Trump has distanced himself from a lot of players that have proven to fall, you know, that have fallen. And Trump has basically said, you know, he he was he just he abandoned his relationship with Michael Cohen a while ago, and he let Manafort go lickety split real quick. You know, he didn't keep these people on. And I think that the reason why Trump actually has so much turnover is because he realizes that the closer and closer you let somebody in, the more damage they can do for you. So this turn this turnover thing is what actually I think helps. It's it's a natural mechanism to keep Trump safe because nobody ever really gets in deep enough 
to actually cause the damage that they would like to cause against Trump. It saved his administration so far. Right, because it's a constant moving wheel. It's a constant moving part. And so every time you try to get Rents Priebus in as a spy or, you know, somebody like that, right, uh, they, they're they removed before they get actually get their hooks in. And it's like just about the time they were going to get their hooks in. It's like it's time for a change. We're going to get a, you know, <laughs> I just had a, a listener of mine send me a text today about General Mattis never having any children, never having ever having be married or whatever. Could he be gay? You know, <laughs> there's this rumor floating around about that. But the point is, is that the constant changeover is, con- is basically it's like it presents a moving target and the moving target is completely unpredictable. And Trump has always said that one thing he prides himself to be is unpredictable and to never ever telegraph what it is that you're going to do. He said that with regard to national security interests. And I think he also practices it close to home. Well, I I have to agree. I I have to disagree on some aspects, but because of the time, um, you know, we only have about three minutes left. I I just wanted to say, I believe that this week we are going to have some, crazy developments. I mean, this misfood announcement is one thing, but I believe that we're going to have some huge announcements. And you know what? It's finally trending. Where's Ruth? You know, it's kind of funny how no one's asking these questions. And to your point also, do you really think that someone's going to ask Whitaker about the Roger Stone raid while he's talking about Hawaii? I don't think so. They're going to stick to it. And I'm really I bet hoping they questions from the media. They might not actually, because I think you know. Remember when I was talking about it that it's a very sticky situation to kind of jump on the bandwagon um, for us to hit China like this, because even with ZTE we realized. But you know, Hawaii was a democratic push. I even played clips of how they were advertising them, how they were pushing them. So for me, what I realize is that. Um, this is going to be really sticky and it's going to depict the actual relations we have with China. This well, yeah, but it also helps us with Venezuela and getting them to cooperate, uh, both Russia and China. We have a lot of leverage over them that we never had before. And that helps us in Venezuela. Uh, the leverage we have with China helps us in North Korea as well. Well, you really think that, um, uh, come on, Scott, you think that China and Russia are uh, going to bite the hand that feeds them? Uh, I mean, come on. They're sitting there. They've got $5 billion investment. Say you invested $5 billion. I'll tell you what I would do. I would sit there pretty. What, yeah. if I, what if I reduce the sanctions in Russia that's worth more than $5 billion? Right, but what I'm saying is I'm sitting there in Venezuela, and I don't know who's going to take you know, if Maduro is going to come over or Guaido is going to come over and I've invested five billion dollars in there. I'm going to sit pretty and be like, well, I'm kind of neutral. But, you know, I did give him the money. He's a lot easier to work with. But I'm not going to say no to Guaido because he may not refund me that money. He may not honor the save, agreements. We could save China. If China were to just cooperate with us, we could save China twenty five billion dollars in, in tweaking our trade relationships with them. Yeah, but they've already like spent 
over $5 billion in Venezuela buying ports. So we have to remember that. They're not sitting there to take sides. They're sitting there to protect their money because that's $5 billion in a really big investment. So they can't. Literally, it would like be shooting yourself in the foot by taking a side because when the other side comes up, they're going to remember that you were against them. So I, I think they're neutral. And Scott... I love having you on because we don't agree on everything. Yeah, we are out of time. Everybody should be following Scott Adams. You can catch him on the Scott Adams show. And tomorrow we'll have all this um, talk about China again. But um, thank you to our caller from Utah for calling in. That was great. It's like, why are they only calling when you're on, Scott? So not fair. Um, (laughs) Well, everyone have a great evening and stay true and stay north. Have a wonderful day from all of us here at Red State.